Hello and welcome to the Preferred Carpentry Podcast. I'm your host, Michael DeSoma, and my mission is to bring you trust. Have you been following us on Facebook yet? Preferred Carpentry LLC? We've been posting a lot more videos and love to show you what we are up to. This week we are working on a renovation job and I feel this is a great opportunity to talk about timelines and what to expect from your contractor as well as what we would expect from you. So one of the things that we like to tell our homeowners when we are doing a job and they're getting their house ready or prepped, like let's say for example the job we're working on now, we are doing a kitchen backsplash. So we are replacing what's there, the outdated backsplash that has no like no reason to be in the house. And what I mean by that is this backsplash has lighthouses on it and the theme of it just doesn't fit. If you go to the videos on my Facebook page, you would probably agree with me and leave me some content or feedback let me know what you think do you think it works or do you think that the homeowner made the right decision in replacing it so with this particular job we are also going to be painting the cabinets to give it a fresher look so what we tell the homeowner is if there is anything that holds any type of value, not just monetary value, but sentimental value, to keep it away from us. So if there's a special glass that, you know, or a ceramic glass that a child made and you don't want anything to happen to it and we don't like to, you know, uh, put ourselves in any kind of situation. So when we take the doors off of the cabinets i don't want somebody to accidentally knock something off so we would like to give you a piece of advice that if there's anything that's really really important to you to make sure it is totally out of the way it's uh it just makes a, a much easier job that way if god forbid anything happens to anything not to say that anything that you own isn't important but those that those things that have that much that kind of emotional value to you is something that should be put to the side another thing to keep in mind is timelines most of us contractors we figure out like inside of well i'll tell you about me in my mind what i do is i picture how the job goes so the rip out of the tile i say to myself it's gonna take a day to have a rip out and to prep the walls. And then the next day, the tile should be put on the walls. And the this particular job also has some other jobs or other work that needs to be done. Like the whole entire house has updated doors. They're the six panel white doors. And there are some that haven't been updated. They are stained they're scratched and they're older and they're worn out and they have a flush look to them the homeowner wants to update those so i picture of the three doors that need to be put in at least a day because i have the two guys with me and i'm training them and i'm showing them why we do what we do to make a smoother job and things to keep in mind so the timeline with the job is even though like 
I am factoring the contingencies that happen on the job. Certain things may not go as planned, so I make sure that I let my customers know that, you know, this is a good faith timeline. So things to keep in mind for yourself is if you hold your contractor to a timeline and you refuse to budge, you need to consider changing your thoughts on that because there might be a really good reason why the job is falling behind. For example, let's say they're doing the kitchen backsplash and you take off the tile and then you notice that there's so many holes in the wall because it ripped it ripped while ripping the tile off and although the plan was to replace everything that needs to be replaced like if a new piece of backboard needs to put on or whatever the case is it's you know it's factored in but let's say the electrical is really bad or you find a rotten stud or anything that may come about that's not common needs to be addressed it might push the job back but to be done the proper way is the right thing to do you know, that's how my company works we are about ethics and strong core values we don't just slap something together especially if a homeowner is not around we don't like doing anything like that we still like to make sure that the job is done 100% properly so with timelines just keep that in mind that some jobs are actually controlled by the elements and the contingencies that you just don't know that is going to arise from the job so I'm not bringing that up because the homeowner is upset. I'm just saying overall, I like to think about different jobs and how certain people react or respond to certain things. This homeowner actually is really happy with the progress of the job. And, you know, these are just tips I like to bring to you for whenever you're having work done on your home. Another thing to consider, too, is... Making sure that you grab somebody that's reputable to do work on your home. You don't want to go with the most expensive. You don't want to go with the most cheapest. Those things should be almost irrelevant in a sense. What's more important is the quality that that person is going to give you. And the best way to check what that is going to be is referrals and pictures. You can't have enough of those. So... It is really important to make sure that you do that. You do your own research. You do your homework to find out if the contractor that you are hiring is going to be a good fit for you. You know, don't just rely on their words. They may talk a sweet game and you might just come to find out that that person is not the right person to have in your house. So the referrals are important. And for the upcoming contractors out there that are trying to make a name for themselves, follow your gut. Ask them questions. They might just be the best contractor in the world and they are just trying to make a name for themselves. So they have to come in at a lower price just to show you what they are capable of doing. And you might just find that you have a contractor for life. That's how we started. We started by giving really, really, really um, competitive pricing.
and hoped that we would build a good reputation and that was over 10 years ago and we have and we're grateful for the customers that we have done work for that give reviews and that um speak highly about us so you know those are things to keep in mind as well so you know one thing to discuss too is you know another tip with the doors so we're replacing doors in this house and let's say that you're a homeowner that you're looking to have your doors replaced or updated because you know um it's important to you and let's say you like the trim work the casing or the molding that is around the frame of the door and you only want to replace the door there's nothing wrong with that at all that's why these um there's options to buy a slab and to do whatever is necessary to get the door to fit in like mortise the hinges which means notching out placement for the hinges so the door sitting right and making sure that the knob sits with the existing strike of the jam so there is work that's involved we actually find it easier and faster to replace the whole entire unit than to try to take a fresh door and try to get that door to fit inside of the existing opening. But let's say that's what you just want to do. You want to replace your flat panel doors and you want to put some texture to the look of the house. Like you want to get a six panel colonial door or Georgian style or Victorian or whatever the case is. This is our advice to you pick one door okay the door that's already existing in your house let's say the door you want to have removed if the door is not damaged i want you to shut the door and i want you to check how that door sits inside of the jam check the reveal on the top and on the sides do you like it is it a consistent reveal now the reveal is the separation or or the space from the end of the door like the top of the door the sides of the door to the to the jam so if you try to open and close a door and you got to fight it to open it or fight it to close it that probably means that your door is too big to fit inside of the opening So those are things you want to keep in mind. So whatever door that it is that you're looking at, I want you to check the reveal. Let's say your door binds. It is grabbing wherever. I want you to take a pencil or a pen, pencil preferably because that's what we use. And while the door is shut, I want you to make a mark at the reveal that you feel is the best. And it's typically an eighth of an inch. So if one side is right, don't make a mark on that side. If the other side is needs to be worked on or shaved down or planed or whatever it is that you want to call it, make a mark on your existing door and do that on the tops, do it on the sides. You shouldn't have to worry about doing it on the jam or, or I mean on the hinge side because the hinges are already designed to have a reveal on the hinge side 
if you don't have a reveal, that probably means that either the hinges are recessed into the jam or into the door too much or not enough. So those are things you want to keep in mind too. Now, once you get all your measurements, get, take the door off the hinges. That's probably the easiest bet is to take the door off of the hinges if possible. If you have security hinges where you can't pop the pin out, then you're going to have to unscrew the hinges off of the door. Then you want to take the numbers from your existing door and transfer it to the new door. So if you like everything about the door, then you're you're lucky, you know, things are going to go easier for you. All you have to do is make sure that the numbers are the same. The first thing that we do is if we buy a brand new door that already has a hole that's ready to receive the handle and the strike and all that is we check the height of the existing door. So you wanted to make sure the, that the door shuts. If the door shuts perfectly, then all you do is take the number from the you, you take a measurement from the top of the door to the center line of that hole on the existing door. And let's just say it's 44 inches. Now you take the brand new door and you do the same thing. You measure from the top to the center of the hole. Is it 44 inches? Is it 43 inches? Is it whatever it is? As long as the number is smaller, you can work with it. If the number is greater, then you might want to buy a door that has no hole in it and then create your own hole so if the number needs to be changed then you start shaving the top of the door first to make sure that the hole is in line with the strike all right and then once that is done if you liked how the door shut inside of the opening like let's say there is a three quarter of an inch to an inch gap on the very bottom then you measure the height of the door. If it's 79 inches, make the new door 79 inches. After you've checked the hole placement, you know, for the knob. Then we check the width of the door. Let's say the old door is 29 and 7 eighths. And then you check your new door and it's 30 inches exactly. What we do is we cut on the hinge side first because if you have a hole already created or bored inside of the new opening if you start cutting away from that you're changing the depth of the of where the knob is to the strike that's already made for you at a perfect distance so you want to cut on the hinge side first Plus, it's the hinge side. So if you make any mistakes or you don't cut it properly, when you paint it, it's on the hinge side. So it's it's not going to be noticeable than it would be on that side. Then you transfer the hinge numbers. You want to be as precise as possible. That way it's nice and clean and crisp. You use a router or use a chisel to cut it out. We use a razor knife first to like put an impression inside of the door where the hinges that way when we're cutting it out it's a lot easier and it's cleaner to remove it once all those things are taken care of we sand the door down if we need to and then we go on the strike side now we actually go on the strike side so the door the part that closes that receives the handle 
and we cut out a portion of that side by putting a slight angle and then running it with an angle that's called a bevel. This helps a lot too so when you shut the door, when the door is getting really close, so when it's before it's inside of the jam, before it meets with the jam, if you put a bevel and you go to close it, it has a less of a chance of sticking over time. And most doors that are pre-hung already have this bevel. So we do the same thing ourselves. And we make sure that, you know, we take the time and the progress for um, creating. You know, we take the time to do this to make sure that the, that the door shuts perfectly. In the summertime, doors swell because of the humidity in the air and all the moisture. So everything swells. So if you ever notice that your doors stick more in the summertime... And you're ready to, you know, tweak it or making sure that there's not so much sticking. You can, you know, you can shave it down to a reveal that you like. It stay with a smaller number, like an eighth of an inch is perfect. That way in the wintertime, whenever the doors are going back to their smaller size, you're not going to have too big of a reveal. So those are things to keep in mind also. And while we're talking about doors... It's getting colder out now. You should check all your exterior doors, shut them, and see if you see any daylight. If you do, you probably need new weather stripping, and it's really important to take care of that. While it's not winter time and the weather is still tolerable, You know, it's these are things to save you money in the long run. If you need to know what tools you would need to cut the door down, the tools that we use now you can use you know i'm sure you can make do without some of these but this is just what we use this is what we recommend it's an electric planer a razor knife a level an orbital planer a router like a trim router and an all that it's almost like a punch so whenever you put the new hinge in place you don't want to just screw the new hinges and try to make sure you get it right this is better to punch in the hole and it just makes everything that much easier so once you're done with all that and you set the hinges in you can now put the door in place you open and close and you check to see if there's any more tweaking you need to do because everything you're cutting um it might you might you're working with perfect angles. So when you close it and you you might say to yourself, wait, I already made a mark on the old door. I transferred the mark onto the new door. But you don't know if that, you know, if the old door was cut down any bit further. So it's always better to cut less and put it in than to cut too much. And then now you have a door that's too small to fit inside the opening. So there could be a little more finessing that needs to be done. It just happens on the job that I worked on. One door needed to be finessed. The other door went in pretty well. So the door may not be plumbed on the hinge side. Sometimes you could uh, cheat a little bit by sending a longer screw in the hinge. But you may not need to do that. Don't do unnecessary work. Another thing to keep in mind too is... Let's say you have the strike plate, which is, this is the most common uh, 
part of the door that strips quicker. So let's say you have a strike plate and the screw in there just keeps spinning around circles and it's not grabbing and the plate's not sticking. What you could do is take a bunch of toothpicks, dip them in glue, and stick them in the hole and use a hammer to like really wedge it in and then cut the toothpicks out. Now when you put the, the screw in, it will grab the strike plate because now there's there's some resistance for the screw to lock it in place. Going with a longer screw isn't always the best bet. We tell, well, I tell my guys before they drill anything that has to go in more than an inch and a half or so is to just pilot a hole first. If you ever bought furniture that needs to be assembled by you but everything is ready to go you ever notice that they already have the holes there for you so you can send the screw right in you're doing the same thing with the door or anything that you're working on in your house that way you don't split the wood it's important to make sure that you don't do that because you don't want to take on unnecessary you know or do anything unnecessary which is going to cause more damage a lot of people do not pilot the the nail holes or the screw or the nails or the screws or the holes that receive the nails or the screws. Sorry about tripping on that. They just send it right in and there's a lot of splitting that happens from doing that. So especially if the grain is going in the same direction or I, I guess I should say the perpendicular direction of the screw because it, it has a better chance of splitting so take your time when you're doing it and use a pilot and send it you want to make sure that the pilot what we use is we use something that's just slightly smaller than the than like the uh the the neck of the screw so before the threads stick out because your threads need to thread into the wood. So you don't want to make it exactly the size of the screw. You want to make it like the, the thickness of the body of the screw minus the threads. So make it smaller. It's the best bet. Uh, you know, it's always better to work smaller and larger. It's always better to cut less at a time. Just especially if it's your first time doing it. Those are um, pieces of advice we like to give you. You know, measure twice, cut once, check everything, think about what you're doing, visualize the final product before you do anything, and just make sure that you're um, safe with whatever tools it is that you're choosing to use. On my Facebook page recently, we actually did a video where we were showing exactly what I was discussing to you on this. So on Facebook, Preferred Carpentry LLC, you can find some videos that, you know, we're always giving new content, showing what we're doing, real-time work and stuff. So we really encourage that you check out that page. And also, we're going to be doing another new giveaway. One is ending tomorrow, uh, February, or February, September 15th. So we're going to do another giveaway. We always... What is it? We pin the the post to the top so it's easy for you to find. The last episode, we were talking about advertising and pens. If you want a free complimentary pen from us, just send us an email at preferred underscore carpentry at live.com. 
and just say, hey, Mike, I want a pen. And this is what I like to hear you talk more about. So it's important to me. Again, I say this every single episode that I bring the content that you want to hear. And as long as I'm getting the feedback that I'm getting, I'm going to keep on creating more podcasts. And I'm hoping next week or in the next couple of podcasts, I'm going to have somebody on the show to change it up a little bit. And maybe you'll prefer to hear me with like a co-host or different guests on the show. So I am Mike with Preferred Carpentry. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Check us out on Facebook where we are constantly posting Preferred Carpentry LLC. Make sure you like the page. And thank you for tuning in. We will be back next week. Bye.